Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA in the Big Ten Conference. If you're just waking up from a coma, you're going, huh, what? What happened? Is this a Rose Bowl? What's going on? Uh, It's getting real as the Big Ten released their 2024 and beyond conference schedule. So the 2024 season is set. Oregon will play away games at Michigan, Purdue, UCLA, Wisconsin. Home games against Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Washington. Here to talk about it, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports a guy who went to college in the Big Ten footprint, lives in the Big Ten footprint, bangs the drum, so to speak, literally, in the Big Ten footprint. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing all right. You know, they don't let me hit the drum. I'm not allowed to hit the drum. What, what instrument? I probably, because, I, because, you know, my aim's really bad. Despite the size of the drum, I would yeah. probably miss and, and somehow damage it or me, so... For, for people who don't know, Jerry Palm, not only uh, your resident bracketologist and RPI guy, he is also a former member of the Purdue Marching Band, and, and I think you're in the alumni band, are you not? Well, when we have alumni band, that's every other year, but um, I currently have a son in the band who is the sixth member of my family to march in the Purdue band. So, wow. so yeah, we've been around the band for a while. Now, I covered Purdue 1998-99. Gene Cady was the basketball coach. Joe Tiller was the football coach. I believe Drew Brees was just a freshman. He was baby-faced Drew Brees. I know a little about Purdue, but you know a lot about Purdue. Oregon is going to Purdue in 2024 to play a conference football game. First of all, how weird does that feel for you? Very. I mean, very weird. Because when I was in school, the Big Ten was actually 10. You know, and... When Penn State joined, which has now been roughly 30 years, I thought, well, that's pretty weird. Um, and the plus, first of all, it made us 11, which is a strange number. And then it was Penn State, which is this Eastern school, and we aren't really an Eastern conference. We're Midwestern. So I just thought it was a weird fit. I didn't really like it, and I'm curmudgeonly that way. So, you know, 30 years later, I'm still like, hey, Penn State, get off my lawn, right? Um, so I don't mean that to say that I'm not welcoming Oregon. You know, we'll, we'll be happy to see you next year and, and your fans and your football team and probably run us out of the building, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is it is very weird uh, for me as a longtime Big Ten guy to, to think of the league being almost twice as big as it was when I was growing up. Give me an idea. What you know? What do, what do you tell Oregon fans that will travel to West Lafayette, Indiana? What is that trip going to be like? What is that town like? What are the fans like on game day? Yeah, it's – well, first of all, when you go to all of these Big Ten places, you know, this is the Midwest. It's agrarian communities in a lot of spots, um, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, um, Illinois, you know, out, out in – you know, a campus in the middle of farm country. And, uh, and so Purdue will be like that. Now, it's a city, Lafayette's a city, and it's a pretty good – uh, brewery city uh, for especially a, a, its size. So if you're into that kind of thing, I've got some recommendations for you. Um, but it's you know it's a it's a campus in, in a college town where the the entire town revolves around the college. Now Lafayette 
you know, across the river, you know, they've, they've got some of their other stuff going on. But, um, but West Lafayette is, is your typical college town in, in the middle of farm country. And there's a lot of those in the Big Ten. Will the fans welcome Oregon fans, you know, yeah. Washington fans? Yeah. Will they be sure. will they be like the SEC fan who invites you over to the tailgate? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you come to my tailgate, for sure. But, yes, um, generally speaking, if you want to crash a tailgate and you're, you know, you're polite, you're nice, and, yeah, the people will definitely welcome you. Um, the best place in the Big Ten for that, the nicest fans in all of college football, Nebraska. Wow. When you get to go to Nebraska, they will treat you like royalty. You know, Purdue fans will be nice to you, Indiana fans, whatever. Everywhere you go, people will be nice to you unless you give them a reason not to. Nebraska fans are just, they have a reputation for being the nicest fans in college football, and they totally live up to it. I'm looking at future schedules and seeing opportunities for Purdue, for example, to travel, and it does look like, there will be some opportunities where they'll go on the road and they'll get to go to some new places on the West Coast. Is there a town that you think uh, Boiler fans are excited to go to or curious about, or does playing some new conference opponents open curiosity and excitement, or is it kind of like, no, we'd, we'd rather see Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State every year? <laughs> well, we'll still get to see Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan State. In fact, Purdue's protected rivalries are Illinois and Indiana, so we'll play them every year, but... Um... Now, I'm kind of excited about it because, you know, I've been to L.A. I haven't seen a football game out there. I've been to Seattle and on Washington's campus. I've been on the UCLA campus. I've been on the USC campus. I've been to 47 states. Oregon is not one of them. So I'm in particular looking forward to going to Oregon. Purdue played there uh, 10 years ago. Um, pretty good game. We came up short. Uh, as I recall, I couldn't arrange to go then. When Purdue does go to Oregon and here these next five years, I'm sure we will. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going uh, out there to Oregon. So there is a little bit of hey, this is this is refreshing. It's not the same old, same old. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, yeah. is with us. Um, why do you think the Big Ten put out this schedule now? Like, what is the rush to get this out in week six of the current season? Well, the rush is for 2024 because, you know, they already had a schedule out. <laughs> and people are starting to make plans. You know, some of these plans take a while to put together. Um, so the rush is for 2024. But they've got it all. You know, the, the, the process came up with a five-year schedule. So there's no point in not releasing schedules. Football schedules are always released years in advance. So the unusual thing is that we're in the fall of 2023 without a 24 schedule. Um, so there was some urgency, at least for that, and uh, that's probably why they decided to do it. It's the minute they had it ready. I think too, it opens up some possibilities as Oregon State and Washington State are looking for opponents. It now looks like Washington's going to need a home non-conference opponent to pick up a sixth game at home, and and maybe the Apple Cup could be played. So I think there's some silver lining here for some of the Cougar yeah. and Beaver fans who feel like, hey, they've been left out. What are they going to do? Yeah. You know, maybe there's a now you can see the home and home forming for the Apple Cup or maybe a civil war down the line. Jerry Palm with us, I really CBS. Hope yeah. so. Yeah, give I us really give it so. because give a us, lot of yeah. you know these conference changes have have caused rivalries to go away, and I think it would be a shame if those rivalries went away because of this. Give me the sentiment of the average Big Ten fan 
as they look at those two schools I mentioned, the Pac-2 left behind, how are they feeling about that? Is is there empathy in that footprint for what's happening? I would say probably for the, for those who are thinking about it at all, um, because those are faraway schools. Now we had Oregon State in our house two years ago. Uh, I think the last time I saw you in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that you know, I was really impressed with Oregon with their program and you know the people that came and you know Oregon State uh, and obviously that program has been building. Um, but yeah, I, you know certainly. I mean, you have to feel empathy for these schools, right? I mean, if you feel empathy at all, um, you know, they, they've really kind of gotten the shaft here. And it's, you know, it's the nature of the beast. It's just not something that that's favored them. And, and I really hope they find a landing spot that allows them to continue uh, to be what they've been. And I, I don't know how that works out. You know, I'm, I'm certainly no expert on the politics of that, and it's not an easy thing to to create, um, but I, I hope they can find a way. It, I'm as a Big Ten guy with a long-term relationship with the Pac-12 that we've had. I'm a, I'm pretty annoyed that taking Oregon and Washington away when we did ended up being the final blow. You know, the the one that cat that caused the cascade for the Pac-12 to kind of disappear. And I really was hoping that the Big Ten would not do that, and they did. And I just think that that was kind of a rotten thing to do to a longtime business, you know, partner. Will UCLA be able to compete in football in the Big Ten? I don't think it'll be any harder necessarily. Well, it'll be a little bit harder than in the Pac-12. And, you know, they've been reasonably competitive. Uh, it just depends on, you know, whether or not they can get, you know, the players it takes to compete. Um, you know, we're adding to this league four pretty good football programs. Right, three that are ranked in the top ten right now. Yeah, UCLA is just outside the rankings. So you know these are these are good programs. It's a very good program. It's going to make the top of our conference very strong. It's a bigger problem for the for the Purdue's of the world and the Rutgers and the Maryland's to try and keep up with. You know, now the top of this league, you could be a pretty good team and be the seventh or eighth best team in this league. And that's just how strong the top of the league is going to get with the addition of these four schools. Why do you think Purdue, Indiana, Iowa, Minnesota, Illinois, why did they go along with it? Because I, I for a long time, looked at that and thought, they're never going to get those schools to buy in. Was it simply money? Yeah, no question. I mean, that's really the only reason to do it at all. I mean, there's no... There's no other really re- good reason to do this. It's it's about you know making everybody's war chest bigger. You know it's it's not certainly not a competitive thing. I mean it's going to make the top of the league pretty good, but if you're not in the top of the league, it's an it's an uphill climb to get to the top of the league. And things like you know Purdue winning a division last year and getting to play for a Big Ten championship. I mean they're going to have to catch lightning in a bottle. It's already been that way for Purdue. You know they were in two Rose Bowls in my lifetime. Uh, 1967 and 2000 with Drew Brees. That's it. You know, those were special events. You know, that I don't know how Purdue is ever going to duplicate that. If they were having a hard enough time in, in the league as it's currently constructed, and you add these programs to it, the Cinderella stories are going to be really hard to come by. It's well put. 
Oregon has got high hopes. It went into Columbus and beat the Buckeyes in Columbus a couple of years ago with Mario Cristobal. Yep. It, it it has a win over Michigan at home and away. And but I'm trying to tell people the day in day out, week in week out grind of the Big Ten makes those kinds of things. Uh, you know, like yeah, you, you you showed me you can compete on a one off, but week in week out, how is it different in that conference, Jerry? Well, it would be different for Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA because of the road trips are so long. You know, and even, you know, the West Coast road trips. I mean, the trip to L.A. is a three-hour flight, right? So the, the closest flight I was looking a month or so ago when they started talking about this, I think the closest flight from Seattle to a current Big Ten city is Minneapolis, and it's like three hours and 15 minutes. That's the, that's the closest flight. You know, every road trip is going to be four, four and a half hours door-to-door somewhere. Yeah. That's that's a lot. But football, you've only got, you know, a handful of road games. So it's not so bad for football. But think about all the other sports that have to do this. Yeah. You know, baseball, volleyball, you know, all of these other sports that are having to do this. It's going to be a real drain on some of those athletes. I think it's going to be really hard for them, you know, to to, – to, to condition themselves for all of the travel that's going to be involved. I don't think it's going to be as big a deal for football. Yeah, Washington, uh, from Seattle to LAX, probably just under three hours. Oregon's about 2.20 to get to L.A. from uh, from Eugene. But I get what you're saying. They're, you know, The Ducks are going to Michigan, Purdue, UCLA, Wisconsin. That's, that's harder than playing well, you know, Oregon State and, and sure. Washington State and some others. <clears throat> And when you fly to, you know, when you when you go to UCLA or USC, you fly to L.A., you're in the city where those schools are. If you're flying to um, Purdue, you're going to Indianapolis, probably not direct to Indianapolis, and then an hour bus ride from the Indianapolis airport up to Lafayette or an hour south to IU when you play them. Or, you know, you fly to Indianapolis, you drive to Illinois, or you fly to Chicago, you drive to Illinois. You know, you're going to fly to somewhere else for the most part, you're not going to be in the city where the school that you're playing is, and you're going to be traveling around on almost all of these flights out west. Or east, I'm sorry, out east. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking mainly about those other sports that have connecting flights and won't take a charter. It's going to be brutal. And I think you know right. that's why the regents at Michigan were upset, and I continue to hear from them. Uh, Jerry Palm with us, CBS Sports. Who has got the best band in the Big Ten? I'm not going to talk about mine. Um, okay. Outside of Purdue's, the one I like the best is Wisconsin's. Ohio State, of course, is terrific. It's a great band conference, just generally. There's at least half a dozen bands that are top-notch in the Big Ten. Um, and uh, it's, uh, But you know, the Ohio State band has got the reputation. That, that often goes along with the football team. Purdue's band is great. Wisconsin's is really good. Michigan State's is terrific. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of pretty good bands uh, in the Big Ten, and, and the conference takes a lot of pride in the in the marching bands. Um, you can count on one hand with plenty of fingers to spare with that have got marching bands that are just not so great. Everybody else is really pretty good. What are you looking for? Like what what separates a great band? Um, sound quality and and precision drill. You know, it's how good of a show do you put on? Um, and uh, I have not seen, uh, I'm 
really in person any of the four bands that are coming. Um, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And I know USC travels to all their games. So uh, we got, I think we get USC at home in 25. So I'm really excited about that. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's how well do you play and, and how, how good is the show? Are you entertaining and do you do a good job, you know, performing it? Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, laying it down for us. I appreciate you, my friend. I will see you soon in West Lafayette, Indiana, of no places. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, welcome, Morgan fans. There you go, Jerry Palm. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for joining us. There he goes. I love it. He's the leader of the band. No, he's in the alumni band. His kid's in the band. Five generations in the band. That kid went to band camp. That's what I'm saying. Leave it here. Our big splash still ahead. I love that we got into band talk with Jerry Palm. It was great. I didn't expect that it would go there, but it got there. Uh, Some news coming out of Salt Lake City today. It's going to end up being our big splash. If you are a Pac-12 fan trying to figure out what is going on with the two-time defending conference champion Utah Utes, we got a little bit of an update today. The one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The Big Splash. Well, Utah quarterback Cam Rising had previously been reported to have an ACL tear that he suffered in the Rose Bowl last year. He confided to Bill Riley on ESPN's 700 in Salt Lake City that it's much more than an ACL injury. He uh, talked about uh, in depth about the injury and gave an update that opened some eyes in Salt Lake City. But I'll just ask you, kind of give the fans an update of where you are right now and how things are going in your in your rehab and the ability to get back on the field. Um, I'm I'm continuing to develop. Um, just got to got to take it one day at a time. Um, and yeah, just really kind of. Um, wasn't wasn't really expecting to do this, but I think I think it's important that I just kind of let everybody know. Um, I didn't just tear my ACL; I, I tore my ACL, meniscus, MPFL, and MCL. Um, it was a big surgery, and it's not and it's not an easy comeback. And I've been working my tail off. There's guys that have similar injuries to this, um, such as like Kyler Murray and Hendon Hooker, who. I've decided not to play this season, and I'm grinding and doing everything I possibly can. And even like the fact that I'm going out there and practicing and everything is I'm I'm ahead of schedule and just I'm I'm trying to make sure that I can be out there because no one wants to be out there with with those guys just grinding on the field more than me. But at the at the end of the day, um, it's my body. My body has to recover, and it's not really. Anyone that um, can save my besides um, the best doctor in the world, Dr. Ellis Ross, down in L.A., um, can say. I mean, I haven't really talked to any other doctors about my knee, so just been kind of focused on continuing to improve and each and every day, and I know I'm getting closer. And, yeah, I just got to keep making the days count, but I'll be back as soon as, as I'm ready to go. There's a lot of frustration in Salt Lake City, obviously, with the quarterback position. The Utah just doesn't have 
uh, adequate play there without rising on the field. There's some talk about whether he would take a medical red shirt at this point. Uh, they're on a bye week this week. Uh, Bill Riley talking to Cam Rising uh, more about you know his ability to get on the field. You wouldn't be putting your body through this. You wouldn't be coming on this radio show, I'm guessing, if you didn't intend to play and try and get out there with your teammates, right? Absolutely. I'm doing everything I possibly can to, to make sure that I'm improving. And at some point, it's just your body has to heal the way it has to heal. And it's it's unfortunate that, that it, and not, not exactly the way I expected this season to go, but it's just the, the cards I've been dealt, and that's just what i got to play. Cam Rising, Utah quarterback, again, getting an update there. Um, you know, I saw him last Friday night at Reeser Stadium. He's uh, acting like a coach on the sideline. He's in warm-up gear. He had a headset on uh, at different points. He had the wristband on where he's checking the plays. He's kind of talking to the two quarterbacks. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.